This is episode 722 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, Workplace Preparedness. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I want to remind you of my service called the Top 10 Articles on Prepper Website. And what that is, it's a service over on Buy Me a Coffee. And for $5 a month or $50 a year, I will send you the top 10 articles on Prepper Website every single week. Now, we link to 8 to 12 articles every week. And so sometimes it can be a lot to wade through all the articles to find the very best ones. But never fear, I can send you the most popular ones through email in a nice newsletter. And you can read them, or if you have the Pocket app, you can drop them in there. And the Pocket app is free, and it will read them to you if that is something that you uh, would like it for, like to do and uh, you want to get them on the go. And so for all those that are into podcasts, that is the way to do it there. So again, that's over at Buy Me a Coffee. If you're interested in checking that out, go over there and uh, see what all that's about. I also use Buy Me a Coffee as my social media. So I post over there articles and or just things that I'm doing, uh, pictures and, and different things. And uh, I'd love for you to go over there and check that out. All right. On last week's podcast, I talked about water. That was episode 721. Ike sent me an email and just uh, wanted to let me know about another option out there for those that uh, would consider water storage. And so he said, I was just listening to the episode about water storage. I read an article a while back and wanted to share the information with other preppers. The article talked about pulling water out of the air with a dehumidifier. This is only possible if you have electricity. So I have a generator and a new dehumidifier that are stored in Faraday cages. My generator is dual fuel, so it'll run on gasoline or propane. I live on acreage in Iowa that has three 1,000-gallon propane tanks, two of which are buildings that we don't use and are full. I do have water stored also, but this would be another way of adding to the water stores once you start dipping into them if the grid was down due to an EMP. I love the show and thanks. Ike, thanks so much for sending that information in. And uh, that is another option there. If you have electricity and you have a lot of uh, fuel stored, I mean, having three 1,000-gallon propane tanks, that's uh, pretty cool. I don't know. I don't have a lot of information about how it actually works and how long the dehumidifier would have to work in order to get enough water for your family. But that's always an option if you you have that. So, uh, all right. Uh, Thanks for sending that in. All right, guys, on this episode, I want to talk a little bit about workplace preparedness. And this article that I'm going to read comes from uh, the survival mom, Elisa Bedford. It's an older article that was actually written by our friend Jim Cobb. And it was uh, written back, I think, in 2014 and then refreshed, but refreshed for, uh, for now. But all the information here is very relevant. And being that we're going into the winter season, and it's very possible that, you know, the weather is just so crazy right now. We've got to send out um, our, you know, prayers and our thoughts to those that are in Kentucky and uh, even Arizona and Tennessee with the tornadoes that went through. There was a lot of life loss there. And so weather is just 
it just seems like it's on another level lately, right? And uh, hopefully you would agree with me because it's just very weird. I mean, we look at all the averages and all the things that are normal. It just doesn't seem to be normal right now. So in whatever, however you want to take that, it just seems like things are, are more extreme. And so it's very possible that you are caught in a storm at work that you, you know, you were planning on getting home early or you were planning on leaving early or whatever, but all of a sudden uh, it starts to come down and maybe you don't realize it because you are in an office building or an office space without any windows. And then by the time you know it, it's a little too late and it's probably too dangerous to go home. So in that case, there needs to be some some supplies that you have at work so that you can go ahead and get through that time. I'm going to read this article and then there's also a couple of uh, comments, I guess, in the comment section that I want to read because some people were, you know, if you work from home, you're on your homestead, uh, you know, you, you don't have to travel anywhere. That's, you know, it's one thing. Uh, but for those, a lot of people do, a lot of people that listen to this podcast do work maybe in the city, they do travel into work, maybe they drive, whatever it might be. And so it's very relevant. And then of course, I'm always thinking about Mick Rowland's, uh, his, his, his book and his podcast. And we've talked about it recently here. We did an interview, go check that one out if you haven't, and then go check out his podcast. It's a great audio book and it's free and you can get it, you know, on your podcast catcher. But that was the case of his main character going home, trying to make it home after the grid going down. And what kind of supplies did he have at work that he would be able to take with him? It's a little bit different because he was, you know, he had his own bag. But one of the things that he does, and I guess this isn't too big of a spoiler alert if you haven't checked that out, is he goes through the office looking for supplies that he can take with him. He doesn't find a whole lot. So it just makes sense to have supplies at work. If, if we have supplies at home where we spend a lot of our time, we, we might even carry uh, a pack inside of our or kit inside of our vehicle. But if we're at work, it's I mean, it just makes sense to be able to have some supplies there, you know, where we spend a whole lot of time. So even if you are not someone who travels into work, you might know someone who does. Um, this might be something where you can prepare for them and give them as a gift and say, hey, I, I like, uh, you know, this is for your workplace and this is something you can just throw underneath your desk or throw in a filing cabinet or throw in a closet and have it just in case of an emergency and uh, kind of go from there. So again, let's go ahead and read this one from The Survival Mom. It's called How to Build a Workplace Emergency Kit. While few of us would relish the thought of having to spend a single minute more than absolutely necessary at work, it is conceivable you could end up stranded there overnight. If severe weather rolls in, such as a major blizzard, travel could be treacherous at best. Rather than roll the dice and take your chances on hazardous roads, you may be better off just hunkering down at your desk. By planning ahead and assembling a workplace emergency kit, you can turn such an event into nothing more than an inconvenience. If you work from home or stay at home during the day, consider putting together one of these kits for a spouse or other loved one who does have to go to work each day. It's a little bit of peace in mind for everyone. So always remember to personalize this kit to your particular circumstances. You may need to consider different items if you work in a remote location versus an urban office setting. So first up is food and water. Now start with a bit of food such as granola bars, crackers, or perhaps one of my favorites, honey roasted cashews. Sure, many of us routinely have some snacks stashed away in our desks, but it's never a bad idea to have some extra goodies in your workplace emergency kit. Check out this list of handy, no-cooked foods for some suggestions. 
One popular emergency food among preppers is the high-calorie emergency bar. These are used by the military and are actually quite tasty. Don't forget a couple of bottles of water, too. We have no way to reliably predict that the situation might be. The disaster you end up facing could result in water not flowing from the bathroom taps. In that case, you might have to get water elsewhere, and it might be questionable as to its safety. A live straw comes in handy for that, and since it's low cost and very lightweight, you could easily keep it stored in a desk drawer. The Sawyer water filtration system is also portable and very popular. And guys, I'm going to, again, I said this over in the in the last episode with water. I really like the VersaFlow or the, the, uh, the Hydro Blue VersaFlow because it's, it's just like the Mini Sawyer, but you can actually screw on a water bottle on both ends. So if you're trying to, you know, one of the things about these, uh, these little mini water filters is you have to force water through. It's not just gravity fed. So when you have a plastic water bottle, you're able to screw it in on the side that you want to, uh, you know, you have your dirty water. You can squeeze that, that plastic soda bottle and it forces it through to be able to purify it or to filter it, I guess. And so uh, that's why I really like that when it has the screw on in. So uh, it makes it really easy for that. All right, so moving on here, it says also consider the vending machine as a possible emergency food source. If the power remains functioning, it could provide some short-term sustenance. So unless the machines only accept plastic, toss some cash and coins in your kit. Just a few bucks in small bills or change is probably enough. Make sure the bills aren't too wrinkled to be recognized by the machine. Just as an aside, I always keep extra change. Anytime I have extra you know, pocket change, I have a little Altoids kit in my desk drawer and I just throw them in there like, you know, quarters and, and dimes and stuff. And even when I have a couple of dollar bills, I just, it's, it's an emergency and not necessarily like, Hey, the power's going out. I mean, I, I've already said before, I live really close to, to, uh, to home from work, but there's always, you know, for whatever reason, someone might say, Hey, you know, do you have change for the, for the machine or whatever? I'm always able to bring that out. And there's been some times where I didn't have money that I was able to uh, to use that. And so and so one of those things I always try to keep in my drawer. Not a lot of money, but just a couple of bucks in there. All right, the next thing you're going to need is lighting. So a good flashlight with extra batteries or perhaps a dynamo-powered flashlight where turning a crank provides the power make, makes you the hero at work should the power go out. Many of us work in office buildings where the bulk of the workspace has no exterior window windows. If all the lights go out, it gets mighty dark in there. Do you really want to take a trip to the bathroom using the Braille method? If your flashlight uses batteries, store an extra set or two nearby. A flashlight is a very important thing to have, right? And then I'm always a big proponent of headlight, you know, headlamps, the ones that you just strap on your head, on your forehead. And uh, I like, you know, whether it's battery powered or one that you can charge with a USB, I always think those are a good choice so that you can be hands-free. Again, you're going to the restroom and uh, you can be completely hands-free and do whatever you need to do there, right? Uh, walking down the hall if you need to carry something. And so I'm a big proponent of those if you can uh, go ahead and manage that and have both of those. I mean, I've always talked about those really high powered flashlights and they're not, they're not a lot of money and you just need to buy the, the battery, the bigger battery, and you are able to uh, set those up on its end and it will illuminate the whole room. It's pretty cool that way. So anyway, uh, think about lighting for your kit there. Next up is hygiene. Remember to add a few hygiene items in your workplace emergency kit. 
These include a toothbrush, toothpaste, a small bar of soap, and a hand towel. It's amazing the effect clean teeth can have on morale. If nothing else, having these things in your kit will help prevent people from standing further and further away from you during conversations. Another thing to keep in your kit is your preferred feminine hygiene supplies. I realize most women carry a stash in their purse already, but redundancy is always a good idea. Two is one and one is none. Also consider, consider adding disposable diapers. If many people are in the same boat and the toilets won't flush, then addressing toileting needs could get a bit sketchy. While not a perfect solution, it could help. All right, so that is like severe, like real emergencies right there if you're having to resort to that. So uh, I highly recommend it. I, I think that you should have some of these things. I mean, there's been times where I have, just because I've helped someone outside or whatever, gotten really hot and sweaty and being able to wash my face would have been a really great, or it, it is a great thing. So, you know, we have towels and soap and stuff like that. So it's refreshing, but you know, having, being able to do that, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, all those kinds of things, uh, you know, is one of those things that you would want to do, especially if you're in an extended situation. One thing that I would add here are like baby wipes, you know? So if you, if you could put one of those things in your, in your pack, even if they do dry out, a little bit of water can kind of reactivate them, but you can get that uh, clean sensation if you need to wipe down with them, right? And so uh, that's something that you might want to add. Not only that, they help in an emergency. If you, uh, during lunch, you get a little crazy, you splash some spaghetti sauce on you or whatever. Uh, some some of those are really good to get those uh, those little stains out. All right, so moving on is clothing. So if your job requires you to wear business attire or conversely, you end up dirty and sweaty from working in a factory, or in my case, just going outside and getting all hot and sweaty, changing a tire or whatever, or and dirty, <laughs> then you might want to include a change of clothes in your workplace emergency kit, comfortable jeans, perhaps, and an old flannel shirt, as well as thick socks and sneakers. The idea is to have clothes you won't mind staying in for hours on end rather than spending the night in a shirt or I'm sorry, in a skirt or dress slacks. A rolled up set of long underwear takes up very little storage space, but helps immensely in terms of warmth. A hooded sweatshirt might also be desirable. It's possible that you might have to do some walking to get home or to another shelter. Sturdy, warm, waterproof shoes with wool socks are an absolute must. Use shoe goo to create a waterproof barrier if need be. All right, I think this is important here. And one of the things... You know, I don't know. I guess a lot of people probably do this is like when I go through one set of tennis shoes that I'm not going to wear anymore uh, out in public, I always use them for, uh, you know, for outside, for working in the yard or whatever. But you can also probably repurpose those, keep some in your car and then maybe even keep some just as long as they're not like smelling really nasty, I guess. Keep some of those in your kit to make it really easy for you to change into something comfortable or if you are in a situation where you might find a lot of snow and stuff like that, you could find some some old older snow shoes or snow boots or whatever it might be that you can keep in there. And then having those wool socks, especially if it's going to be cold and you lose power. And that's I think that's the tricky thing here in all of this. If you have power and you have to stay at work, okay, it's not that not as bad. I mean, it's not, it's an inconvenience. If it's super cold, you're in a blizzard situation and you lose power, that's a whole nother story, but you need to be prepared for that one as well. And that's why he's talking about, you know, the, uh, the long underwear and, uh, the sweatshirt 
and and those types of things that you can go ahead and add to your your clothing in your kit. All right, then we jump to first aid kit. Now, many workplaces have first aid kits in the break room or perhaps the human resources office. Often though, they are poorly equipped and rarely maintained. Either buy a small first aid kit or assemble one with supplies you have at home. Adhesive bandages, pain relievers, and meds for stomach ailments should all be included. This article, while meant for kids' first aid kits, has some ex excellent suggestions. Also, if you regularly take any sort of prescription medication, keeping your kit enough to last a day or two at least, set a reminder on your phone to help you remember to rotate it regularly. I think this is a great idea. I have a kit. I mean, I know that we have kits at, at work. We have, you know, uh, the the actual, the, the nurses, the, the person who's in charge of nurses for the district, you know, is housed uh, at, the, at the central office. So, you know, she's going to have some supplies there as well. But I always have a first aid kit in my in my drawer. I have one, you know, in my, in my vehicle, but I also have one in my drawer and also the, the meds. I think that is something that is very valuable as well. So even if your, your office space, uh, you know, your business does have first aid kits, it's smart to have something that you can rely on for yourself as well. Moving to the next section is rest and warmth. So of course, many of us are guilty of catching a cat nap here and there while we're at work. Uh, not everybody, we would get in trouble for that. <laughs> but given that you may end up spending a full night at the office, including a small blanket and inflatable pillow in your workplace emergency kit is smart. Emergency blankets are all well and good, but honestly, they aren't all that cozy when you're just looking to snooze for a bit. A couple of yards of fleece fabric makes a warm, frugal blanket. However, for really chilly winter nights, plan for something more. While appropriate clothing should be your first step in staying warm, it doesn't hurt to have a few other tools in your arsenal. Chemical hand and foot warmers take a little space but provide hours of heat, and electrical hand warmers also work but set a phone reminder to recharge it so it's ready when you need it. Really good recommendations, but also I'm going to that place where if we are stuck at work and it is freezing outside and we don't have power, we lose power, uh, what are you going to do there? So one of those bivvies that you can kind of climb into, it's made out of that, if, if you've never seen one or you've never experienced one of those before, it's made out of that same kind of foil material. They're a little bit uh, better made, I guess, a little bit more heavy duty, but you're able to completely wrap yourself in there. Now, you can get so warm that you start sweating in there, so you need to be uh, cognizant of that. But if you're talking about staying warm, that really uh, brings your body temperature uh, or keeps your body heat inside of that bivy. And so that's something that you might want to consider. They're very small. You can hold it. I mean, when it's all wrapped up and uh, the way that it comes, you can hold it in your hand in the, in the case that it comes in. But it would be really warm for you if you needed it in an emergency situation. All right. So then you are there and you have a lot of time to kill. Yeah, again, if the electricity is on, maybe you have the internet and you can watch some YouTube videos, you can read some articles on a proper website, <laughs> whatever. But uh, entertainment would be something that you might want to think about. So finally, count on the fact that boredom is going to be a factor after a while. You work with the people around you every single day. Are you really going to want to listen to all of their stories again? Something to help pass the time will be of great benefit. A book to read, maybe crossword puzzles or word search puzzles, if that's your thing. A deck of cards could be fun, whether you play poker or solitary. You do know you can play solitary without a computer, right? I would refrain, though, from chewing up your flashlight's batteries to engage in these activities. 
If an office has a window and thus lights coming in, great. Otherwise, save your flashlight for when you truly need it. Now, your workplace emergency kit will likely fit into a small duffel bag, which can be stashed under your desk or in your locker. While most of us have our bug out bags or get home bags in our vehicles, having this separate kit at your work prevents you from having to leave the building at all until it's safe to do so. Redundancy is rarely a bad thing in prepping. So here's a thought for business owners. If you are a business owner, I encourage you to give serious thought to ways you can be prepared to assist your most valuable assets, your employees, in the event of a disaster hitting during working hours. Visit Disaster Prep Consultants to learn how they can help you when your disaster when your disaster planning. All right, good stuff there. And I second that about business owners. So if you're a business owner and you have a, a business, you're listening to this podcast. If you have an extra closet or an extra filing cabinet, or uh, maybe even you just put some supplies in a duffel bag for your for your employees, I think it's always smart to have something put back. And so uh, I think that is uh, one of those reasonable things that you would want to do. And not only, you know, this can go in so many different directions, but not only thinking about protecting your employees, but how can you do business if it's just the power out? Uh, power a power outage how can you continue to do business even if there's power outages do you have a way to do that how can you do business if uh you know this other situation has come into play you know during covid i'm sure a lot of people learned how to go online and how to do things online and so that's kind of the same idea is how can you transition in an emergency to go ahead and continue to do business, whatever that might look like. So that is another aspect of workplace preparedness. All right, I wanted to jump down and read a couple of the comments before we end here. I think some of these were really, really, uh, really smart, really good, and just, you know, interesting there. I wish more people would take this seriously. I've never been stuck at work, but I did have to drive into the mountains in a rural area. We worked in a pole building that got cold fast when the furnace went out. And because the roads were the last to be plowed, we always knew the day might come when we were snowed in. When I moved farther away and had to replace my four-wheel drive with a little car, I made sure I packed the trunk with everything I could possibly need, whether I was stuck at the office or in a snowbank. It didn't just relieve my own paranoia, it gave my family peace of mind because they knew I'd be okay no matter what. If you won't do something like this for yourself, do it for the people waiting at home. Uh, good stuff there. All right, I spent two days in my office last February when we had a snow and ice storm that rolled in quicker than expected. The roads were jammed and it took an extreme amount of time for those who did make it home. For me, I spent five hours on the road and got less than two miles from work. We were fortunate to have heat and food available in the building, but had the power not been working, it would have been even worse. I would say the three keys are to stay warm, stay fed and watered, and stay entertained. Not an experience I want to relive anytime soon. I'll be out with this first snowflake next time. All right, one more. I thought this was interesting here. You may be thinking that this could never happen to you. Wrong. I live on an island with good weather all year long. A couple of years ago, I was working on the top of a mountain doing, doing security for a gas plant they were building. We had 12-hour shifts, and due to the weather, none of the welders made it up to work. So I was the only one on site. During the day, we had an unusual snowstorm and the snow really came down. By the end of my shift, there was three and a half feet of snow on the gravel road. They didn't have an extra snow plow to dig out one woman on the top of a mountain when all the roads were so bad off. 
my employer had a fit when he found out that my relief couldn't even pull off the highway to head up. Luckily, they had just refueled the generator and I had an outhouse. But the best thing I could have possibly done was to have a one-week kit in my trunk. The snow continued to fall, and by the time the plow made it up three days later, we had six feet of snow. Everyone thought it was interesting that I was prepared. Duh. And my employer insisted that everyone in the company put a one-week kit in their car just in case. It can happen anywhere to anyone. What an awesome story there. And again, you know, if you have a bag, you have a kit in your vehicle, and then you you wind up having to stay at work, I would go retrieve that because I think the stuff that you're going to have in there is going to be valuable. And you can always add that to the other supplies that you have and, you know, under your desk or in your duffel bag or, or you know, in a filing cabinet or storage closet or whatever you might have. So I think that's always smart. If you are going to keep supplies in your car, depending on the weather, you, you're going to have to remember to trade those things out. You know, you're going to have to just make sure that you're rotating those things out so they just don't go bad. Because um, I know at least here in Houston with the heat, the way that it works, um, things would go bad uh, really, really fast. Uh, and one of those things that you could do is you could have a kit and uh, you could just, you know, it might not be a one week's kit, but it would be a kit that you would still take into your office with you. And, uh, you know, depending on what the, the culture is in your in your office, you know, you can have a, a nice little bag and people wouldn't know what it is. And uh, maybe it's a, you know, a gym bag and you can say people, you can tell people it's a gym bag and uh, not really go into it, but you just say, Hey, I don't want to leave it inside my vehicle. I don't want someone to, to break into it or, you know, and, and take it or whatever, or think it's something valuable. You can always come up with some kind of excuse to bring it in, or you can just double up the supplies and have them inside if you want to do that. So guys, I think it's important to do that. And I love what one of the comments said, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the family at home so that they know that you are safe and that you have what you need, regardless of who you are. I think that's always smart to uh, be thinking ahead because the world's crazy right now and different things can happen and they can happen so fast that you don't even realize it. And sometimes the news gets it wrong or the weatherman gets it wrong and things happen a lot faster or a lot, you know, this whole last week, it was supposed to just pour down rain. And I think, you know, all week long, we we're like expecting it to rain and it got cloudy, but it never rained. And there was just one day where it, it kind of uh, came down kind of heavy, but, you know, all week long we were expecting it and nothing ever happened. And then we get to the point where like, yeah, these weather weathermen don't know what they're talking about. And then you have this big old ice storm that rolls in quickly. Right. So you got to be careful about all that and make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you are being smart about it. That's why we prepare. Well, guys, that's it for episode 722. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. Lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.